Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to Saved Not Soft. Hope you guys are doing well. Good morning. I mean, good afternoon. Why did I say good morning? Like, it's not evening when I'm filming this. Um, hey, you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a great past two weeks. I'm so excited to get into the word with y'all today. And um, we have so many new members because this podcast has just been growing like no other. God has really put his hand over this and there is new faces, there's new ears, um, there's new people listening. And I just want to say welcome. And uh, I'm so excited and blessed that you're here. And I can't wait to just pour out God's goodness um, all over this platform and um, to share the goodness of God. And I'm so blessed you guys are here to receive it and to be curious and uh, just to be unified all together under one body. It's really dope that I get to host something like this and um, that God's just working so awesome through all of this. Just have had to go give a little shout out and a little shout of praise because God is being God. Like God is doing some stuff in my life that's like, man, like this is crazy, God. Like for an example today, Kid you not, an hour before I filmed this, I'm going to Nashville tomorrow for <laughs> for work. But I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, like, you just want me to travel? I'm going to Nashville? Like, how fun? And, like, just even other things that God is doing in my life, I'm just like, you're just doing, like, cool stuff. Like, I just get to enjoy your goodness. And I'm just so blessed. Like, I'm just sitting here so thankful and grateful for this platform, for this podcast, for the way that God has been using me in my life, like, I, like, I'm just utterly so speechless, um, I just had to show gratitude to God real quick, because, uh, I thank God a lot, but, like, it's, like, I still just need to thank Him more, you know, it's like, I, I can never say enough of just thank you, God, for everything, um, Sorry, just side note. I was really feeling that. I was feeling gratitude. But hope you guys are well. Oh, if this is your first time here, because I was talking about new faces, new ears, all this stuff. If this is your first time here, hi, my name is Emmy Moore. I'm the host of Save Not Soft, the podcast that you are now listening to. Um, and if this is your first time, uh, welcome. Hi, I'm Emmy. And if you're a returner, then you know what's about to go down. This is not a soft journey. This is not an easy walk. This is hard. Like navigating the Christian lifestyle can be very, very challenging. So what the Lord has put on my heart is to help and assist navigating what that looks like. And I love to help. Helping is something I really do enjoy doing. And uh, we're all in this together, y'all. We are in the same boat. We are on the same team. And um, the best thing we could do is just conversate about it and get into the word and um, see how Christ can unite us and lead us through this thing we call life. And how, you know, this life thing be getting hard. <laughs> it be getting hard. And um, today... The topic that the Lord put on my heart is something that I would like to say is like a response to a lot of concerns with people stepping into faith for the first time or people who are new to the faith. And it's the simple matter of the fact that God can use broken people. And I would like to say that when people uh, I meet, at least, who don't know much about Christianity or they're just kind of dipping their toes in, in the God pool, they always throw out that they don't feel like they're enough, that they've done A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and they don't feel worthy to come to the altar. And little do they know that God uses broken things for 
the greater good for his glory. And we're going to talk about that today and what Christ's love looks like, what it looks like being poured out onto us, um, God's characteristics and how we should be confident within the Lord and show God fitness. Feel me? So um, let's get into some prayer. Uh, we're going to pray real quick and then we'll go straight into this message and what the Lord has put on my heart. So if y'all can please bow your heads and close your eyes with me, that would be amazing. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you humbly today just to first and foremost thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are good. God, I couldn't even imagine if you were a bad God, but you are a good God, Father. So I thank you for being good. I thank you for this platform. I thank you for those who are listening on the other side of the screen. Father God, we just thank you for for breath, let alone in our lungs, Father God. I pray, God, that in this message that we have open minds that um our spirits are sensitive um that the other person on the other side of the screen hears your voice that they feel your presence that you just make a visitation that the holy spirit just does a work through this father god i pray that you sharpen my tongue i pray that you give me the confidence to speak i pray that you give me wisdom to to deliver this message because it is so important and i pray that you continue to make me a good leader so i can lead your people father god and i also pray for the other people on the other side of the screen that they are walking in godfidence that you show them the confidence that they should have within the lord i pray that at the end of this message that they know that they are heard that they are loved and they are seen and i pray that they walk with the anointing that you grant over us we ask for wisdom we ask for clarity and uh we just ask um quite honestly god i feel like a lot of this is going to be us bringing things to the bottom of your feet in your hands healing. So we're just going to trust that you're going to make a work, that you're always good, and you will continue to be good because that's who you are, Father God. So I just pray that we are trusting in your goodness, uh, that this is a safe space, that this is um, this is a place to where people can come as they are, but they will not stay as they are, Father God, and that there is space for grace. And you are the coordinator of that, and you are the one who determines all things. And we just thank you, and we love you and we praise you and we can't wait to hear what you have to say oh i'm so excited god thank you for your presence thank you for sending your son and thank you for giving us your holy spirit i thank you and i love you and we love you and we're so excited to hear what you have to say and who you call us to be thank you lord we love you in jesus name we pray amen amen i'm feeling mad passionate today like mad passionate today like so like lovey-dovey, which I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm not, I don't know. My friends be knowing this. I'm not like a super physical affectionate person or like, but, but like when I get passionate, I get really passionate. And this message makes me feel really just like, like, like a warm hug, like a good little snuggle, you know? And, um, I just feel the Lord's love poured out all over this. Don't cry. Emmy is, it would be happy tears though. Don't cry. Get it together. Get it together. I haven't even gotten to the day message yet. But um, uh, this going to set a lot of people free. And this is going to give a lot of people joy. And give a lot of people some understanding and some relatability. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, the reason as to why I wanted to write this or as to why God put it on my heart is like how I said earlier, a lot of people who are new to the faith usually come with this expectation that they have to be ready to come to church, that they have to be ready before the Lord. And one thing I always say for people who come to me and they're like, hey, Emmy, I want to go to church or I want to seek God, but 
I'm still addicted to porn. I'm having sex with my boyfriend. I moved in with my girlfriend. I'm still smoking weed. I'm still drinking. I still dress and act like this. Um, And they go, you know, I I just want to get all my stuff together before I come to church. And then what I say in response is, don't you know that a hospital heals sick people? And the church is a house or a hospital for spiritually sick people. So come. Come as you are. Come with the burdens. Come with the come with the addictions. Come with the with the things that are tearing you down. Come with the chains. Come with the burdens. Because Jesus is gonna tear them off. And in order for you to seek help, you need to show up to the facility. And I really want to encourage this confidence that we should be walking in when it comes to Christianity and how we shouldn't feel burdened to come to church with baggage and weight, not being confident in the Lord that he's not going to provide or take these things off of us. Because I think when people say, you know, I want to come to church, but you know, I got all this stuff. There's a part of them that doesn't believe that God can do it. And there's a part of them that doesn't believe that God can take these things off of them and make them free from the bondage that they were born into. And I really want to come against every single dang lie of the enemy and send it to the pits of hell today because you are loved, you are seen, and you are heard, and the Lord wants to provide, and the Lord wants to set you free. Oh, I'm telling you, I feel mad passionate today. Like, I'm really, I'm really gonna spit this thing because God is so urgent to let his children know how much he loves them and how much he wants to pour his covering um onto his children and um I as I was like going in this topic and I was just kind of do some self-reflection and just kind of like observation um it, it it was like that same cycle of like we will go before not even go before the Lord first we'll go within ourselves being like okay I need this fixed I have a legitimate need, but I'm going about it in an illegitimate way. Whether if it's spiritual, physical, emotional, verbal, like whatever need it may be, we have a need. And and sometimes there's a doubt within us that doesn't believe that God can be God. And sometimes we're not confident in, in the identity and the calling that God puts over our lives. What's so funny about this is that there are so many people in the Bible. Actually, let me rephrase. Every single person in the Bible besides Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit is absolutely broken and went through it and had some sort of dilemma. And and these is like big things. Like I'm talking like murder and like people doing some like gross sex stuff. Like I'm talking like daughters sleeping with their daddies and stuff like like that's gross but like some some like nasty stuff that's going on in the bible but yet god uses all of those things for his glory and uses broken people to make good things so if he's gonna do that in the bible with these extreme situations what makes you think god not gonna pick you up and use you for the glory of god for goodness what what makes you think that so I want to address the problem that we have with not having full full confidence within the Lord. How we could grow our confidence in the Lord. Um, and just feeling unqualified as a whole. And why we are qualified. Not because of anything that we've done, but rather because of what Jesus did for us and what that looks like. 
And then the takeaway is pretty much just the definition of justification, what that looks like. And acknowledging the love and mercy that God pours out on his children pretty much gave you a whole layout. Quite honestly, I didn't really rehearse that me- this message all that much. It's going pretty good. I'm just kind of like, I, I just I just know God's gonna move crazy in this one. I, he always does. Like God just kind of always go off. But like this one is just so so full of like passion and just um honestly just like repentance. Like like lay the stuff down. Like get healed. Like God's ready to free you. And I'm just so excited because I know this um, message is probably going to hit some people's hearts. Um, so when it comes to not having confidence in the Lord, maybe you could relate. Maybe you don't want to come to church or maybe you have a hard time trusting in God's promises because you could be prideful or maybe you got trust issues or maybe you have abandonment or trauma or betrayal issues. So it's hard for you to trust God and that he's good, even though he says it multiple times and that he's evidently proved it time after time after time. And, um, not having confidence in the Lord is not something that's left out of the Bible. If anything, one of the early characters of the Bible has this issue. <laughs> Moses, which was one of the, I would like to say, quote unquote, like biggest, like one of the most pillar, like Bible characters had a lack of confidence. He, he didn't think he could deliver the Israelites out of Egypt because of the way that he spoke. And because of his position and God would give a command and Moses was like, oh, no, God, I'm not doing that. What? Like, God, you gave me like, I I, I can't like, oh, you gave me a job. I can't do it. Like, I can't speak. I stutter. I have an impediment. I'm not doing this, God. And God's like, boy, be for real. And this is kind of my interpretation of, of the, <laughs> of the conversation, but let me read it to you. It's Exodus four ten through 13. And Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I've, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, I'm slow to speech uh, um, of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. You hear this man, Moses, he's really at God, like, God, like, be for real, like, I can't say this. And God's like, don't you know I made the mouth that you're talking out of? You saying, oh, I can't speak. I made your mouth. I am leading you. And yet God gives us a promise and God is God and he says what he says and he does what he does. And here comes humanity not trusting and not having confidence in who he is. How many of us are like Moses? And this doesn't necessarily have to be just with a simple, oh, I believe in God. This could be with even things he's called over your life or in a certain season. We could be doubtful and impatient. And we don't think God's going to be God. But you silly little goose, don't you know God always going to be God? And God is going to do exactly what he promises. I think that's my favorite thing about God is like he does what he says. And it, and, and it always happens because God does not lie. I love that about God. God, I love that you don't lie. But Moses was very humble to the point of he was lacking self-confidence and he did not see himself as a leader. And Moses did struggle with his speech and he 
feared that he would not be able to convince the Israelites to like dip out of Egypt. Um, but God continued to remind Moses that he is the one who created him and he would be able to teach him and guide him. So what good of a father that God is just reminding Moses, like, Moses, I know you're saying, like, I, I feel like when I uh, approach God with stuff like this, I see God really gentle or I see him really like, girl, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I see God either really sassy or really, um, or really gentle with me or I, I feel like he, he's like a sassy gentle with me, but I love it. I love when he's a sassy gentle with me. I don't know. I feel like me and, me and God just like chop it up differently. But uh, like when Moses was like, but God, the way I speak. Like, if I said that to God, he'd be like, girl, like, I created that. You should be confident. Like, I made this. I made you like, I could teach you. I could guide you. What good of a father that God is that he could, that he continues to encourage us, even when we may feel like we're nothing and that we're broken and we're not in a position to lead. But yet the Lord still, still continues to remind us. And sometimes I'd be sitting here just like, God, you reminded me that I can do this through you with you but i'm like dang i suck <laughs> but god is so good and because he walks beside us he's able to make it happen he he was able to deliver the israelites out of egypt not because of what moses did alone but because moses was obedient and because of what god was doing through moses moses couldn't have done that on couldn't have done that on his own instead he was submitted and obedient to the lord and that's why God was able to be God. And he was able to do that through Moses. God was going to do it regardless. But God knew Moses was going to be obedient and carry out the will of God. So what can we learn from this little situation right here? When we're not confident in the Lord, he reminds us who we are in him. Because when you are born into Christ, like old you was gone, new you is here, like old you gone. New, new you is here and she's not ready to play. God gives you a whole new identity. And sometimes we may forget. <laughs> and we, when we forget, we can slip into old patterns and old habits and an old identity. But we need the Lord or at least we need to be in a posture to listen from the Lord to, to, to remind us who we are in him and what our new identity is. And God was telling Moses, I created your mouth. I give you the power to speak. I will teach you. I will guide you. God is saying the same thing to us. The things that we're not confident in, whether if it's your speech, whether if it's your ability to be creative or to own a business or to be an entrepreneur, rather to submit under your boss or to travel, whatever it may be. The Lord is seeing things that you're doing in your life that you may be not so confident in. And he's reminding you of your identity. Are you in a posture to listen, though? Are you willing to listen to that? And not only to listen, but to also trust. Because you could hear all these things, but if you do nothing about it, then it's like, what are you doing? Will you trust in the identity that the Lord is speaking over you? And um, I think when I first started going through this little like process 
of not feeling confident in certain things. I'm not going to cap. There's sometimes where I still do, but I, I have to go through this now. Like, this is like the cycle I've learned of like, okay, I'm not feeling confident in this. So God, what do you have to say about it? Right? So that's kind of step one. Okay. My flesh don't feel so good. I'm going to bring it to God and see what he has to say about it. He's going to remind my, he's going to remind me, okay, I'm going to listen and I'm going to trust in it. So when I wouldn't, when I would still have a hard time trusting in God, uh, it often came with this feeling of being unqualified or being unworthy. And I think a huge reason as to why a lot of people stray away from the church is because they don't feel worthy and they feel dirty and they don't feel recognized and they feel unqualified. And the majority of the time, not going to cap, it's, it's people who be doing that to other people because God is the one who calls us. Like, I can't call another person if God don't call them. Like, we have to understand who the leader is here. It's God. So when it comes to feeling unqualified, it's usually because other people around you are unqualifying you or maybe you're condemning yourself. Maybe your conscious, your conscience is is condemning you. Maybe your flesh is condemning you. Maybe you maybe you're your biggest enemy rather than other people. And so we could go to the altar or maybe not even go close to it at all, just feeling ashamed and feeling unworthy and feeling unqualified. And um, a story that comes to, to my mind when it comes to like Bible stories is a story of Gideon because bro went up against a whole army, like over 100,000 men with 300 people and one and not one of them ended up getting hurt. I'll give you a backstory of Gideon. So uh, the story of Gideon is um, taking place in the book of Judges. Um, A lot of people don't be cracking open the Old Testament like that, but it's still filled with good stuff. I promise you all of it. Um, The Bible is just filled with magnificent stories. But um, the story of Gideon is um, taken in like mid early um, chapters of uh, Judges. And basically, um, Israel failed to drive out the Canaanites and they needed to drive out the Canaanites because they were like morally not good and they were doing child sacrifices like they were doing stuff that was not okay and um Gideon was known for being the unlikely leader he did not see himself the way that God saw him um and he responded to God's call with fear and resistance but his decision to go in the strength he had gives us an inspiring example to follow and teaches us that God can do a lot with just a few small steps of faith. Um, so Gideon, like, Gideon comes in, and quite honestly, this man comes in like, like, I hate this word, but like a coward. <laughs> he came in like a coward. Bro was like scared and resistant. And um, he began to trust God that God could save the Israelites through him. And the way that this happened was absolutely crazy. So uh, the Midianites had an army of 100,000 men and Gideon had an army of 32,000 men. You may be thinking, how did that army go from 32,000 to 300? I'm gonna let y'all know right now. Because God told him to. And the way that he told God to to figure out these men well first of all um 
10,000 went aside. So then he had 22,000 left. And then out of those 22,000, the Lord said, okay, have them all drink water. Like go, go take them to go get water. And whatever men like pick up the water and they like cup it with their hands and they drink it like dogs, like, you know, those will be the men you're taking. And out of 22,000 men, 300 of them sip the water like a dog. Why, why was this the, why was this, you know, the, the, the checkbox, like, or the check mark? Like, I have no idea. That's a question I'll be asking God when I go up there. Like, God, you're so silly. Like, why, why was that the thing that determined? I have no idea. That's something I don't know. If anyone knows, let me know. But, um, (laughs) anyways, uh, what ended up happening is that, uh, these 300 men were chosen and God was like, that's who you're going to take to war. And Gideon is just kind of like, okay. Like imagine how intimidated Gideon was. Like imagine being in this story and feeling very overwhelmed and very unqualified. Like, man, I'm going to go against like a hundred thousand Midianites, a hundred, a hundred thousand of my enemies. And I got what? I got 300 people. Oh, and I forgot to add this. His people don't even got real weapons. They have clay jars and torches and I think like trumpets. Like these Midianites, like they're ready. Like they shysty. Like they're ready to go to war. <laughs> like Gideon's boys like just picked up like vases from Goodwill and they're like, let's get it going. Like, you know, and it's just kind of like it, it's funny that God will use small, quote unquote, broken things. For his glory. Because you want to know what ended up happening? Gideon won the dang battle against the Midianites. And not one of his men had laid a, was perished whatsoever. Not a single scratch or hand was laid on them. Because Gideon walked in obedience, the Lord actually threw the Midianites into confusion. And they started attacking one another. Those 300 men that may seem broken and useless and small and overwhelmed is the same army that God used to defeat a nation. So when it comes to things in our lives, big or small, broken things, cracked things, God will use it for the glory of him and drive you out or into something. And uh, a, a concept or like line that I would like to squash, I feel like this is a theme in all my podcasts. I feel like we'll take something that's said in culture and then just be like, no, that's wrong. And something that is very, very wrong is when people say, uh, like, like I hear this all the time, but it's absolutely, completely wrong, is that God will, will not give you things that you can't handle. That is a line I hear all the time. God won't give you things that, or God won't give you things that you can't handle. Actually, he will. He will give you things that you absolutely cannot handle. Things that are outside of, outside of your box. Things that are, that are way, things that are way bigger than you. Because as soon as those things hit, you need to run to him. Because don't you know when we are weak, he is strong. So if God, um, I think people get that confused with the verse that says, I will not lay anything ill fitting on you. That's completely different than God won't give you things that you won't handle. That's the whole point. 
We can't even handle our own bodies. We can't even handle our own lives. That's why we die. That's why there's sin, because we can't handle ourselves. That's the whole reason as to why God had to send his son to come down and die on a cross for us because we simply cannot handle ourselves because we cannot handle anything. So God had to come down and do something for us. Like that's how weak and broken we are. But great news that we have a savior, (laughs) like great news. And I think sometimes like all these things will happen and we'll try to control it and put our hands on it. Like, oh, I can do this because God's not going to give me something that, that I can't handle. Actually, he will. So you can run to him. Actually, he will. So you can be dependent. Actually, he will. So you can confront trust that you've been dismissing for years. Like, yes, he will lay these things on you so you could sprint to him because you can't handle it. But God can. You cannot handle it on your own. You're not supposed to do this alone. You're not supposed to walk on your own. You're not supposed to do, say, act things on your own. Like, God is just ready to pour out. I felt like that was a lot of weight. Where's my notes? What was I going to (laughs) say? But with the story of Gideon, like, God gave Gideon a lot more than he could handle. Gideon Gideon had 300 men with clay pots and torches and trumpets. And God said, okay, you got these 100,000 Midianites who are ready to go to war. And I'm going to use this 300. That is a lot more. Like, could you imagine how overwhelmed Gideon was? I'm I'm a ball full of stress. So like if I was in that situation, I would have been I would have been tripping. Like I would have been like a hundred thousand and I have three hundred people and I don't even got real weapons. God, how are we gonna use this? But since Gideon walks in obedience, like he saw the follow-through promise of God. And um Gideon was faced with battle. And imagine just how doubtful we would be in that situation. Or even like you may have something that doesn't look like a lot and you're going up against a lot, but God's going to use that for victory. Um, Judges 716, like these were, these were the weapons. It says dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Those were literally their weapons. And then Judges 722, when the 300 trumpets sound, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled uh, to Beth um, Shittah toward uh, Zarah as far as the border of Abel Mahala uh, near Tabath. Like the Lord literally threw confusion upon the Midianites because Gideon was obedient and they went in with these 300 people and God used those 300 people to win this battle so what makes you think that God's not going to do this in your same situation whatever your battle may be like whether if it's I, I don't know what your goal is or the thing that God has put on your life and you feel like you got little tools right now, like God's going to use that same very thing to just pull you out and just launch you. Um, The Lord gave me like a, um, he, he speaks to me a lot in visions and in pictures, which I think is so beautiful. And I love when he does it. 
And uh, while I was studying this the other night, he showed me this analogy. Uh, when I was when I was a kid, and when I would go to like Red Robin or like Chili's, <laughs> you know how you would get the kids menu and you would like color and play um, not rock paper scissors. Uh, what is it? Come on, tic tac toe. Uh, and they would give you like the crowns and stuff like that. Like usually at Red Robin and Chili's, they would have like a bucket of crowns that they would just kind of like we would just handful and then put on them. So they had like all the colors. They had like plum. They had chartreuse. Like they had red, red, green brown purple violet like they had indigo they had all the colors and they had just like a bucket of them that you could just like grab and then this like early 2000s now they have them in like packages and they pretty and they brand new and stuff but when when I used to go to Chili's and Red Robin like the waiter or waitress would bring over this bucket of crowns and the majority of the time since everybody everybody kids like were grabbing these crowns the majority of them were broken and didn't have like the paper on it (laughs) like you didn't even know what the name of the color was or let alone what the brand was um but yet all these crowns were broken and I would still color with them and I would still use them to play my games and to draw pretty pictures at Chili's and Red Robin and uh what God showed me is that he said Emmy my people are just like this that God's people is like broken crowns that we're all in one big box. We are broken. The paper's torn off, (laughs) but yet they are still able to color and they're still able to be used. And it's not because the crown itself is doing anything. It's because the artist knows how to use it. And God is the mastermind and God is the artist. And we are just broken crowns laying, waiting to be picked up. But because God is so good and because he's such a good artist, like God is like Picasso. He's going to pick up the broken crowns and still use them for his glory. Not because the broken crowns are any good, but because he knows how to use them. That's how good our God is. Our God is. I said, what? My little... I said our guard. That's how good our guard is, right? <laughs> My speech sometimes. Y'all get what I'm saying. But um God knows. And kind of back to the topic of like, it's not anything that we do is because of what God does. This is called a basically, this is the big fancy biblical word for it, is justification. This is what it means to be justified by God. It's not anything that we do. It's because of what he does. So what, what it means to be justified is to, it means to be in right standing of the Lord. Um, and we're considered, we're considered justified, not because of anything we did, but because of the finished works that Jesus did on the cross for us. So um, justification is basically a legal declaration by God. So when you accept Lord in, the Lord in your heart as Christ Jesus, like you are now declared justified because your sins are now covered by his blood. So um, the love and the mercy that reigns out on us is basically what God did for us, not because of anything we did, but because of what he did. Romans 8.31 it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Like God is so for us that we are justified through him because of what he did for us. And what this looks like, my pastor, like I made it with my pastor once a week and it's so amazing. And he told me this analogy. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And um, basically what it means to, to be held ransom 
Like, have you guys seen any of, like, the Liam Neeson movies where it's, like, he's, like, uh, if you don't come here, I will find you and I will kill you. Like, literally, we were held ransom. And when my pastor, like, kind of brought this up to me, he was, like, what do you think we're held ransom by? And in my head, I was, like, sin. But it's, like, we're sin. So how could we be, you know... Um, and he said, no, it's actually God who's holding us ransom. So imagine this. Okay. This pillow, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, just imagine, close your eyes, be creative. Uh, imagine that this pillow is us, that it's sin, right? Let's pretend for the sake of the analogy that I'm God. Okay. God is holding us ransom. He is holding us saying, this is not okay. I need a price to be paid. Like he's on the phone like this. Okay. He's like, I got this right here. And in order for this to be free, I need someone to pay the price. But you want to know how good God is? Little do we know that on the other side of that phone is Jesus going, okay, I'm on my way. (laughs) Like the same God that is holding us ransom and being like, this is not okay. And this needs to be set free in order for this to be set free. Something needs to come to me. On the other side of the phone, like the same person who is holding us ransom is the same person who provides us the the freedom that we need. So we're held ransom like this. And God says, I need a pri- I need a price. Like, I need you to come through with this. Jesus comes. God is able to let go and set us free. And the son comes back with the father. How beautiful is that? This is what justification looks like. Not because of anything we did. See, we were right here being strangled because we sinful and we're not okay. And God said, I need a price to be paid. And do you know what was going to happen if Jesus didn't show up? What happens in these movies? The victim gets it. And we were the victim. Or like, actually, we were the, what's the word? You know what I'm saying? Like, usually the person who, who doesn't show up, like the person he's holding on to be getting it. But yet he provide... He provided the answer, which was Christ. And therefore, we were able to be set free. The son was able to reunite back with the father. Everybody lives happily ever after. That's how good God is. That's what it looks like. And that's what it means to be justified. Not because we did anything, but because of everything that God did for us. He is full of justice. He is full of mercy. He is full of love. And... We did not deserve to be let go of because we did nothing. It's all for what he did for us. All of it. Every single little bit of it. Every single little bit. And the wrath of God will be poured out, but we choose if it will be poured out on us or on Jesus. And justification is for everybody who has faith in Christ. And um, to be sanctified like in this is like basically to just... Uh, that's not what I was trying to say. Um, my brother knocked on the door, so Loki threw me off. He was like, sissy? I didn't even mean to say sanctified. Like, sissy and sanctified sound a lot of like, <laughs> it's okay, Austin. I don't know where he went. But um, that's not what I was trying to say. What was I trying to say? I was going to bring up a verse, I believe. I was going to say... Oh, I read this, and um, my pastor gave me a book, and it's called uh, 20... 20 Basic Beliefs in Christianity, and it's by William something. 
And it says in the book, when someone responds to the call of God out of repentance and faith, God responds to that faith by thinking of that person's sins as forgiven, by thinking of Christ's righteousness as belonging to that person. At that same moment, God declares them as righteous in his sight. So what does this mean? So what does this mean? Basically, what that means is God is... God only sees me as justified, not because he's looking at me and being like, oh, you so good. It's because he sees Jesus standing right in front of me. It's not because of anything that I've done, but rather because of what Jesus did. So God sees Jesus and he's just in awe and I'm standing in the back like, hey, I'm here too. Because Jesus is the one who paid the price. And that's what it means to be justified is I'm, I'm just, I'm just hooking arms of Jesus because of what he did for me. And justification happens after we respond to the call of God in faith. Um, it says in Romans three twenty six, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in faith in Jesus. And then Romans five, one, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because of the works of the law and no one will be justified. That's Galatians 2.16. And works alone is not justifiable. True works are just evidence of faith. Like I think sometimes we think like, oh, like you need a work to like prove yourself. But like works is actually just evidence of something you already believe in. And um when it comes to justification, like it's not based off of works alone. It's based off of the faith that you have and how you've accepted the Lord into your heart. If God has declared you righteous in his sight, you don't have to pay the penalty for your past, present, or future sins, which is crazy to think about. And it's all because of what Jesus did. Like, how good of a father we have. And this just is exemplifying his love and his mercy. And I think sometimes we could just be so passive about the cross and what Jesus did for us. But it really did set us free from bondage and set us free from something that we really didn't deserve. Like, that should have been us on the cross. That should have been me and you taking the debt that, like, it literally says in scripture that, like, Jesus became sin. Like, he like a, a man who was not sinful became it in order to endure it for us. Like that was a death we should have died to. Romans 8, 1 through 2, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives you life has set you free from the law, sin, and death. Romans eight thirty three. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had sin to be sin for us, so that in him we uh, might become the righteousness of God. Because we are justified, we shouldn't rely on our words or on ourselves. Justification is great news. Justification is good news because that means that we don't have to create value or make a payment for, for sins that we've done ourselves. Like, God sent his son and just paid it. For all the things we're not confident in, for all the things we feel unqualified in, 
those are the same very things that Christ died for. The things you're struggling with, Christ died for it. Like something, um, one of my churches that I go to is like, they'll say like, you know, God died for your addiction. So you could conquer it. So you with him can go up to that giant and defeat it. Like God died for you to defeat the battle of your addictions, of your flesh, of your pride, of your jealousy, envy, of your anger, of your sadness, of your depression, of your self-harm. Christ died for all those things so you can walk confidently in him, free from chains, and tear down every single giant. Not because of anything you did, but because of what he's done for you. So how many of us are actually going to step in that and allow God to be God? And just say yes to Christ. Our accomplishments does not justify our existence. And our foolishness allows God to be great. And we're not encouraged to live in iniquity. Rather, we're encouraged to to live freely from the chains that we were in from sin. We are encouraged to walk freely in Christ. And there is space for grace that does not condone iniquity whatsoever. If anything, it's just showing us that there is freedom in Christ. And that... We should not be wearing our chains as accessories or as a backpack. But it's something that is going to be lifted off of us because of what Christ has done for us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, he is strong. Don't you know that your weakness is used as a platform for God to be God? delight in your weakness i don't know what your season is i don't know what your situation is but god can delight in in your weakness because he is strong so when you delight in your season whether it's good or bad your situations your hardships insults god gets to be good because when we're weak he uses that as exposure for him to be good Because when we try to be good, we're taking God's job. (laughs) Let God be God. Let God be God. He is so good. Good beyond measures. He loves you beyond, beyond any love that we could ever endure and know. He is all providing. He is all knowing. He is all good and all powerful. And we have access to the most amazing person to ever exist. Each and every single one of us has access to him. And we're able to lay our burdens, our pride, our, our addictions, our, our insecurities at his feet. Like we have access to this. How many of us are actually going to take it? God loves you. He sees you. He hears you. And God is ready to lift the chains off of you. God is ready to lift every single burden. He is ready to teach you. He is ready to guide you. He is ready to show you what you were made to do. 
there is confidence found in the Lord. And something he's been telling me recently is like, Emmy, I just need you to show up and I'll teach you the rest. I kid you not, I just been showing up. And I'm like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. I don't even know what I'm doing in this season. He's like, I just need you to show up. I just need you to show up and I need you to care. And I've been doing that and God's been making a way. And God's been moving. If God could use Gideon to defeat 100,000 people with clay pots and trumpets and torches, what makes you think that he won't do the same thing for you in your battle with your enemies? He's so good. He's so good. And that's my encouragement. That's my encouragement. We see how faithful he is. He's more faithful than we could ever be. Remember that. Yeah. I feel good with that. I feel good. I feel good. Okay, I'm going to wrap this mug up. Um, thanks, y'all, for listening. <laughs> it's always weird closing this out. Like, what do I talk about? I was like, I talked about my message. And I was like, okay, thank y'all. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, if you need prayer... Or if you got saved through this podcast and you gave your life to Christ, there's two links, uh, either in my link tree in my Instagram or in my YouTube description. Hello. And then uh, if you feel if you feel led to tithe, you're not pressured to whatsoever. If you feel led to, though, uh, there is a cash app link. It's not sketchy. I promise. I'm trying to put something together more professional. So it's not just like a cash app link. Um but there is a cash app link for you guys to tithe uh, if you feel led to. Uh, if you don't feel led to, prayers is always appreciated just for me upholding this uh, ministry. Hopefully getting a team soon because, y'all, I'm stressed. But, you know, it's okay. God is always good. Um, and, yeah, I think that's that. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And thank you guys for um, sticking around and uh, just being obedient. Yep. I feel pretty good. I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys two Tuesdays from now, two weeks from now. And until then, stay blessed, not stressed. Feel me? <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys next time. Love you guys. Bye.